It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who's about? Who's about? So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention. <laughs> this is Dr. Cavill with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We have the entire team here, and they are here for the chaos. I would just let you all know it'll be an exciting show because we got many folks that asked for it. Uh, we'll just, we'll say this, a, a few did, and it sounds like they did that last-minute prayer to the gods uh, because, uh, as B.J. Jones would say, the sky is blue and the sun is gold, yellow, whatever, all them. Funky colors. <laughs> we'll get into it. Never mind. Let me, let me let me be nice. Let me go back to my true self today. Welcome to episode 333 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports. For institutions large and small from the NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of sports. We call it HBCU Sports Pedagogy, or as some say, we just call it HBCU Chaos in the Western Division of the SWAC. Mm. I'm your host, Dr. Yadigaville, with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, with my full team that is none other than Joshua Sims Sr., B.J. Jones. That's Joshua Sims Sr. of HBCU Nightly. 
as well as BJ Jones of HBCU Football Weekly. You can follow me on Twitter. That is Twitter Tuesday with the top five Tuesday that BJ Jones drops out, drops down, as well as Joshua Sims when he does his HBCU nightly on Wednesday. So check it out. They may have a special edition this weekend. So plug in with them on Twitter to keep up with them and see if they're able to sneak it in. Since it's a Thanksgiving turkey uh, day and many people are in the giving, uh, particularly from Prairie <laughs> Texas Southern, about giving away gifts and turkeys uh, this past weekend, why not keep it up for Thanksgiving? I mean, people, some people decided to do it early. Mm, never mind. Then you got A.D. Drew uh, that is put in work in the hotel, but he'll be back for his show tonight uh, with Brian and A.D. as they do their HBCU sports rap. With that being said, let's get into it. Uh, I want to start like this because I generally ask y'all how y'all doing, but y'all too excited for me, so I'm going to slow it down just a little bit uh, to make y'all punish y'all and do what we do. As we know, today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THC Agent. THC Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. Essentially, last week was the last week in just about all conferences, except for the Southwestern Athletic Conference, if you would, because they have some special games that kick off Thanksgiving weekend. So I decided to go ahead and pull up the standings. Let's start with the OVC. Uh, mm -hmm. in Tennessee State, in a lot of ways, uh, had a disappointing year, four and seven, uh, two and three in the OVC. They came in, at least with their fans having some whole hypes. But the only reason I put them up there, they had a thriller yesterday, and I give them full credit. They closed out the season, at least. They had a game um, that went down to the wire, stepping out of conference play, Texas A&M Commerce, this out of the Southland, and they win. 22 to 14, but like many of the games yesterday, it was a thriller. It went down to the wire, uh, fourth down play on about the three, two or three yard line where the Tigers stopped Texas A&M Commerce Lions from getting in the end zone. And so they win the game to close out the season. Let's get into the Big South Conference. As we know, coming into this matchup, you essentially had a de facto championship game between Garner Webb and North Carolina A&T. As you see here, Garner Webb is the champion as they defeat North Carolina A&T. Joshua Sim is acting like he's not happy, uh, but uh, inside he is smiling. <laughs> With that being said, we will keep going because we'll take a deeper dive into these matches. But I just wanted the people to see what was out there. So let's get into the MIAC. Um, this one will make Joshua not smile as much. Uh, because you have co-champions with North Carolina Central and Howard, regular season four and one. The bright spot for Central is they got a big win yesterday, last second win. We'll get into that. That fourth down play, man, the quarterback play, uh, the wide receiver, credit to them uh, for getting it done. You're talking about inches, game of inches. That certainly was inches. And obviously you got to give some love for the kicker as they got the big kick. Uh, field goal to win that game on the road uh, to get to nine wins on the season. Uh, so credit, they are already in the celebration, as you know, but there's co-champions in the MEAC, so I wanted to give some love to Howard, a piece of this. I will say this, because I know some folks are not happy about regular season co-champions. That is universal, just about over every sport in every conference. They do that. If you tie regular season or divisions for that factor, you will get a piece of it. So no, um, while we'll get into the SWAC, Let's we can talk about the SWAC Western Division, but I want to start with the SWAC East. 
Swag Eastern Division, as you see, Jackson State is undefeated, leaving no doubt. Um, at 11-0, 8-0, you do have FAMU that had a great record at 9-2, 7-1, bridesmaids again, in terms of them not being able to do it. Uh, Fayetteville State, and we'll talk a little bit about that playoff later in the show, similar to what they did, but unfortunately for them, uh, they won't even play in the championship game to be able to get some redemption uh, as FAMU will just be looking at all. We will get in a little bit of the playoff question. I've seen some stuff out there, and I'm not sure uh, how that will work out. With that being said, let's go to the last one, uh, the Division of Chaos, hmm. as it is formerly known now, forever hmm. will be known in terms of the 2022 season, is the Division of Playoffs. Fan, uh, Prairie View is on top, 5-3, 6-5 and five overall, but we're not sure how long that will be. Uh, because Southern needs to play their final game against Grambling in the Bayou Classic. But they also sit at four and three, six and four, uh, Texas Southern. Tough loss for them. We'll get into that as they go up 21 points with 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, but as VJ Jones said, the gods small, smiled on him and his program. Alcorn State <laughs> gave it a great value in effort, but uh, not to be. So they both fall to four and four. They're out of the picture. So it simply comes down to the Bayou Classic. Uh, and if Southern wins, they get the tiebreaker. They will reface Charles Bishop uh, for this nominal championship that everybody gets excited about from Southern and Jackson. Oh, put, put, the uh, put the hand down. Put the hand down. Put the hand down. But if Grappling <laughs> does what sometimes you do in a rivalry game yeah. and they give the punches punch to Southern, then you'll have Southern fans. All mad on this following show the next Sunday, and Prairie View will mercifully back in to the championship game. Yes, I said it back in. Mm. With that being said, we have a little time here still in our first segment. Let me go to AD Drew. He was outside of this. I think he's one of the first ones, literally, when I say first ones, basically yeah. in media day that talked about the division having winners having three losses. And then last week, he was the first one to step up and ask for chaos. So I'm about to turn off his mic and kick him out. So I'm going to let him talk first. <laughs> How you doing today, Drew? What stood out to you? Uh, I'm doing fine, my brother. I'm doing fine. Uh, you know, we said last week. I'm sure you are. The center, of the, the center of the football universe was going to be in the state of Mississippi. Uh, on yesterday, and, and it was for the most part with uh, Fayetteville traveling to Delta State. You had Soul Bowl, and uh, you know so. But little did anyone expect mm. State East that Texas Southern would basically collapse in the fourth quarter to open the door up for for Southern at the head to head. Uh, they had tie break between Southern and Prairie View A&M. Why people were in the Delta, what you know, concerned about the Prairie View Valley game, which let's let's be real, Prairie View had the easiest road to get to the Slack Championship game. Doc, I <laughs> somebody didn't the tell them. Mike, Mike, hey, dude, somebody didn't tell Prairie View they had the easiest road. Yeah, yeah, y'all blew it. You blew it. We know Valley's not an easy place to win, but damn it, you were supposed to win that game. Yeah, so 
uh, with that, but I said it back in media day. There's so much parody. There was so much parody on the West where these teams were all flawed. One team strengths was another team weakness. This does not surprise me for this to be a five and three team to be uh. Yeah, having a little internet. So let me go to you, Mike, in terms of your thoughts on this matchup. Um, and then we'll get Drew back in here. But, uh, Mike, what are your thoughts? Nothing. I'm putting the coffee down. I'm going to go back to drinking. I, I ended up <laughs> – <laughs> I'm going to just go back forget the Everybody, call. I'm going to do this for everybody else, Mike. You know I love you and my big brother, so don't don't, don't bring out the board because I've seen that far too many times. When you're <laughs> like, and you start picking up the other bottle. Uh, Valley? Man. That, yeah, that Valley. Man, I, got, I got a couple of texts and DMs. Mm. Like, hey, Mike, how about that Valley? Yeah, I'm talking about Valley. Man, I just cut the phone off. <laughs> <laughs> and I get messages. Hey, how, hey, how about Edie Bennett? All right, whatever. Uh, Prairie View had one job. You had one job. One job. I'll leave it at that. Uh, to AD's point, we started at the um, Swag Media Day. We 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 debated and talked about the West and all the parody. I think you see. I didn't think it'd be like this, but we talked about who was coming I did. out of the West. Uh, yes, there were a few people who, uh, to their credit, and one of them may be on this show. Uh, <laughs> I'll tip my ass. I'm wrong when I'm wrong. But yes, there were there was one person who kind of called it out. You know, hats off to UAD. But no, I don't think no one predicted this kind of parody. Probably saying, "Let's your name is AD Drew." But man, you have one. And I saw the TSU game. I was watching it, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Fourth quarter. Three touchdowns down, and you give it up like this. Mm. <laughs> it was a bad day. Hey, for the state of let Texas. Me set, let me set this up for the you, Texas, Mike. The Texas flag is at half mass right now. I'm at a watch party, <laughs> watching the game, and it's just slowly tricking away. <laughs> Everybody's in there, and you're getting pissed. Because you got them socialites that go to a watch party. They just drinking and everything. So you got four of us that are hardcore watching the game, and they just drinking, and they like, it's it's the second half? Yes. <laughs> you watching this mess? This mess? He said, what, is, what happened? What? <laughs> so then I just zet out of there. You know, anybody knows me. After I watch a game and it doesn't go the way that I think it was, especially if it involves Prairie View, Texas Southern, I just dash. I can't just stay around. I'll go home. Then I'll get my final drinks of the night. But I got to go. So I dash around. And so I'm turning on. I'm looking at the score. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing this Texas Southern and A&M. And it's uh, 20 to 17. I'm like, what the hell? Yes. And so <laughs> then I get into the house and I see that. So at first, when I get on the phone and people calling me, what does this mean? I said, well, you know, three-way time. I'm breaking all down. And I said, well, it looks like it's going to go to Texas Southern. I said, if it's, if Southern loses, then uh, it works for Prairie View because they won the head-to-head. I mean, I got calls from all kinds of folks. I'm talking luminary, you know, executive directors and all kinds of folks calling me. Hey, explain this breakdown. So I'm breaking down. And obviously, I get in the house, watch the end of the game, and about 30 minutes later, I call back. They didn't answer the phone. They text me, said they're on the phone. They call me right back. I said, disregard everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts? 
Uh, what are my thoughts, Doc? I tell you, I was texting my friends yesterday. I said, "This." Because you tried to warn us. You tried to warn us. Yeah, I, I well, I told my friends yesterday. I said, "This is going to be a great day. Uh, yeah. Not only are we going to end all corn season, but we have an opportunity to end Southern season too." I'm texting my Southern friends the remaining basketball schedule in December because you know <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm having fun with it. I'm like, yeah, it was going to be a great day. And lo and behold, I, I see the Valley score with Prairie View, and I said, oh, Lord. And then Texas Southern rolls through later on, and I said, Lord, they done opened the door back up for the game, Lord. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they are. But you know what, folks? I blame Mike Washington. I blame Mike Washington for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> had, had, had Coach Dancy never heard Valley? You mean that? Hey, if he never heard that, we might be, I, I might be texting my Prairie View fans where the hotels are here in Jackson. All that I know. Stuff. I stopped texting them yesterday. We, 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 we canceled, we canceled reservations to hotels, Johnny T's, everything. Yeah. Yeah, man. man. Killing me. I, I, I agree with you, Charles. I blame Mike too. <laughs> Still, I'm going you next. We're going to save PJ Charles for last. Let it get all of you. <laughs> Shout out to your thoughts. Because I know part of it is just this madness, you chaos, but the real part that you're looking at is the fact that how? Yeah, <laughs> you man. can't say that either. How? Yeah, how? man. It, it, I tried this morning. You know, this morning I got up early. I looked in the mirror. You know, you get to brush your teeth, wash your face, and you're like, oh, you know, this is going to be a great day. And I was like, you know, you know, maybe I can say it in the mirror, you know, treat it a little bit like Beetlejuice or something <laughs> like that. Just say how, you know. Yeah, I can't even say the whole thing. I might get to about five, six letters in the word. Listen, man, I, I am, I'm disgusted at this. Uh, I'm disgusted at this. All right, and and disgusted ain't even the beginning of the word. Uh, Brother Banks, who's on HBCU nightly, ain't nothing fair about Morgan. I don't want to hear nothing else about National Gym. None of that stuff. You wet the bed against them tea sippers, man. I, I, I'm done, man. I can't. I can't. This morning, Doc. This morning, I almost put Grey Poupon on my biscuit. This morning, just because our co-champions, man. Hey, hey, Josh. It's not how it's how are. It's Josh, how are. I, I started it's referring to you as, as Co Joshua Sims this morning. I started referring to you as Co, Co Joshua. Man. Everybody called for me Co this morning. I had sixty text messages yesterday. It's Hey Co Champ, how you doing? Like, come on, man. It's the B Act, man. What do you expect? It's the B Act. Oh my God! Uh, Last one up, DJ Jones. Close us up with that grand slam because I know you're gonna figure it out. Mm. I'm not even sure if I can make it. If you make it through all and this, if you might cut off, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. I just want to say that. Go I, ahead, I, DJ hold Jones. Hold on, hold on, Doctor. I look down at my text and I see a one about feelings <laughs> opening up, stars, moons, quasars. I cut that one off too. I'm like. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, go ahead, BJ. Unmute, unmute, because I want you to say it was my fault. Man, I'm gonna say this, man. Howard being named co-champion is like when Red and Debo was gonna shut a beach cruiser and just keep it down at Red's house. <laughs> like, this is like the equivalent of Howard being the co-champ. Um, I mean, as far as the swag, man, I was watching the Valley game on YouTube. 
Um, so I had the, the Valley game on YouTube. I had the Alabama A&M game uh, on the television. And it looked like Prairie View was just going to handle it. You know, Prairie View was, you know, controlling the first half. Yep. So I just thought, watch that. I said, man, Prairie View got this thing wrapped up. So in my Southern group chat, it's like, hey, man, oh, let's go Valley. I'm like, let's go Valley. What, like, what is going on? And I'm like, whoa, Valley up? Valley up 17 to 7? I was like, man, here we go. I was like, man, but we ain't getting nothing from man, Alabama A&M. And then at halftime, they showed the yardage from Alabama A&M and Texas Southern. And Alabama A&M was out gaining Texas Southern. I was like, but it just doesn't feel like it. You know what I mean? I, I felt like, you know, Texas Southern was – and then we got to the fourth quarter, and when Andrew Body had broke their last – what I thought was going to be a touchdown, I was like, yeah, man, it's over. And when the ball came out of his hands and bounced out of the end zone and touched back, yeah. man, Doc, it was on from there. Man, I was – man, I've been at my parents' house screaming loud. My mom is at the game. She's Alabama and them through and through. She called me. She's screaming. And, you know, my dad's looking at me crazy. because like, you know, he don't care about none of this. Um, and, and that last touchdown run, man, my mom called. She was out of breath, man. She called live from the game. She was one of the eight people that was there. And, man, <laughs> she was um, – Skull cap it all. Yeah, skull cap and all. I, I, give, I, I give my mom and, and my cousin Jennifer, Jennifer Murray credit. Man, they were there. Uh, they were there in the elements. They made it happen. And just see how everything came together. Doc, I didn't think there was no chance. All right. I didn't think that there was no chance. But it happened. We talked about the weather on Thursday on your show. I said, come on, Valley. But that was wishful thinking. Mm. Man, but just to see it happen, man. Oh, man, I'm just ready for this weekend, man. Let's just take care of that, man. Can we play Gremlin tomorrow? Man, let's just get this over with. <laughs> I know that's right. Uh, same thing uh, make you happy can make you cry. And you're right. With the eight fans, I think they fan through and show your mom because they wanted to focus on some fans and they took a shot. <laughs> and they were the only one there. So they uh, actually, uh, showed on, <laughs> actually showed her on the TV, Doc. That's a killer part. They actually showed her on the I TV. Told you. I told you. I told you. I knew it because there wasn't too many yeah. shots they could get. And they wanted to show somebody being excited. Uh, credit to them. I do want to close on this note. Uh, we're having fun, but all seriousness, uh, prayers go out to Andrew Body. I got the update that it was his shoulder, and he will have an MRI. So let's pray uh, that everything goes for him. Obviously, he's literally giving up his body for his team um, yep. to try to get the victory. Um, and that's why we celebrate these young people in terms of the efforts they put on that. And that includes Prayer View. Uh, Texas Southern, obviously it didn't go that way, but it's not because that the athletes did not put everything into it, nor was it uh, the coaches that spent endless hours trying to do it. So we kid because we care, uh, but not to make fun or light of those individuals that uh, put a lot of effort, time, and energy in it. Uh, with that, prayers up to Andrew Body. We'll keep you updated to make sure that everything goes white and we ask for a special prayer for him. This is Dr. Phil inside the HBC Sports Lab. The Mike Watch and Charles Bishop will be right back after this extended first break. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. 
We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, so listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Let's get into some of these matchups. You know, usually our second segment is about the mid-majors. We're going to mix in some of the majors because we only had essentially two mid-major games yesterday. They were the playoffs, and they did not go as we would like them to go. We talked about the challenges going to Delta State. In a lot of ways, I think the Virginia Union was something that uh, we thought probably would go a little better than that. Let's start out with that Fayetteville State-Delaware State matchup, if you would. Um, Fayetteville State, number three in the HBC polls, falls to 9-3, and 7-0 and uh, as they finish the conference, losing to NCAA number two seed, Delta State Statement, as that game was in Cleveland, Mississippi. Uh, the Statesmen improved to 11-1, and 6-1 overall. They shut out Fayetteville State. That's one thing, but they put up 51 points, 51 to zero. So it literally was not a contest. With that being said, let me go to Joshua Sims to talk a little bit about, excuse me, let me go to um, Charles, if you would. Drew, you're going to be able to talk about the Fayetteville State? Uh, I thought I had Fayetteville. I did. That's what I'm saying, Charles. Go ahead yeah. and talk a little bit about Fayetteville State. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, to be honest, Doctor, there isn't a whole lot to, to get into on this one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> 51 nothing is 51 nothing. but kudos to Fayetteville State. It was a good season. Uh, they just ran into a buzzsaw in Cleveland, Mississippi. And uh, Cleveland, Mississippi, uh, you can talk about playing in that environment, 8,000 screaming fans. And uh, Delta State got off to a hot start, 21 points there in the first quarter. And they just, you know, easily – put their foot on the gas the rest of the way. So another 17 they put on in the second quarter and then close it out six or seven, 51 points. But, you know, Patrick Shigar, he he is the truth. I mean, he, he gets that offense up and running. And this was another day in which just Delta State's offense, there was nothing you could do with them uh, in terms of uh, going forward. This is going to be a team that I think is going to be right there in contention for the national championship. Great point. And I think the fact that they beat him down so much messed me up that I don't even know who I wanted to talk about. With that being said, Joshua Sims, let's get into the other matchup. A little better in terms of, but maybe not. Uh, Wingate Bulldogs 10-2 go on the road as they improve the 10-2, 6-2 in the conference defeat. NCAA number four seed, Virginia Union Panthers, 9-2, 7-1, uh, in Richmond, Virginia, Hobie Field. Gives all those folks out of the sack when they were talking about uh, 
the, their program that uh, I don't even want to say their name that won the sack uh, about them and getting left out of the playoffs. It gives them a little credence to that, but obviously that's not what goes down. But the fact that the conference commissioner had the nerve to write a letter, I was just like, here they go again. We, we just never are satisfied. Anyway, Josh Sims, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Yeah, well, first, before I get into the madness that ended up happening, the catastrophe that ended up happening there, uh, shout out to Jada Byers, man, um, setting a new CIAA rushing record, um, 1,920 yards rushing this season. Uh, he eclipsed that mark, I believe, during this game. Um, yes. But it was not done in a fashion that you would think that it would have been done in a record-setting fashion. Uh, you know, if I'll be honest, man, yesterday, Virginia Union did not look like themselves. Um, they were kind of forced to and, and relegated to have to be another version of themselves that they are just not. Um, they had to kind of go through the air. Less than 100 total rushing yards yesterday. Um, that was not the recipe that I believe would help them to win that game. Um, Wingate came out and, and dedicated themselves to stopping the run, and that's exactly what they did. But it's also difficult to come back in the game, you know, when you're down in a playoff game. You're down 20 to nothing at halftime, you know, even if you're at home, you know, and they, they just couldn't get that offense rolling and the defense had already been punching them out. But we already knew that Virginia Union's defense were the, was the weaker side of the ball for them anyway. And Wingate kind of took advantage of that and exposed them yesterday. Rough loss, man. It's a rough loss. Um, they gave up over 270 yards total yesterday um, at home during the playoff game. So, uh, you know, I just was a little bit disappointed in the turnout there, you know, but at the end of the day, Virginia Union gets a chance to kind of work on basketball season and focus on some other sports right now. So. Oh, yeah, basketball. A lot of folks are excited about basketball. In this way. Yeah, basketball school for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, boy. Let me go to P.J. Jones and ask him a little bit about this uh, Howard uh, versus Morgan State matchup that was in Baltimore. 35 to 6 was the final. The Bison mm -hmm. improved to 5 and 6, 4 and 1. More importantly, in the conference, getting a co champion with North Carolina Central Eagles. Because Eagles go to uh, Atlanta Celebration Bowl because they beat Howard uh, head to head, beat them pretty badly. Morgan State Bears fall to 4 and 7, 2 and 3. A little more time needed for the Morgan Bears to take the next step as they've had some solid wins this weekend, uh, this year, but also some. Uh, strange losses, um, the way they lost at times, let you know still some more work to be done in that program. Uh, but kudos um, to Coach Wilson in terms of what he's done so far. But with that said, what are your thoughts in terms of this particular name, 35-6 by the Ice? Uh, to be Jay honest, Walker is I, I, out there excited somewhere. Yeah, he is. I was, I was shocked, Doc. I felt like Morgan State was the better football team. Um, and the way that Howard was able to move that Morgan State defensive line um, and, and run the football yesterday was shocking to me. Um, also, man, Howard offensively, I don't know what has happened these last few weeks, but they look a lot better offensively than they did at the, you know, at the start of the year. Uh, and, and offensively, they kind of did whatever it is that they wanted to do against um, Morgan State. Um, if you're a Howard fan, I know you're excited about the co-championship, but you have to be excited about this football program there's not a lot of seniors on this football team. And it looks like Coach Larry Scott is building something. And we, we talk about the future of the MEAC. Well, I think that it's bright when you look at where Howard is, um, where Morgan State is, uh, with no no year recruiting. Uh, Damon Wilson didn't come in in May. 
uh, to see where they are and where North Carolina Central is. So I think that those three teams uh, going into next year, I think that those are the, probably going to be the three favorites to, to, to win this thing. Yeah, to your point, a lot of that, uh, and coaches talked about this in regards to having so many of those first, what, six games on the road, one maybe neutral site, you could be kind to say that. It'll be interesting to see if they have a little better scheduling, what that will also help in terms of having to come from such a low point uh, to try to get some uh, rhythm in your conference play. But kudos to the Bison in terms of how they close out the season for sure. Mike, let's go to you. You get to talk about the opposite of closing out the season strong uh, to not closing out as strong as we look at Prairie A&M, number five. They go to Mississippi. Itabina, that is. Number five, Prairie A&M, falls to six and five, five and three, losing to the City Valley State, two to nine, two and six, 27 to seven. I thought it was interesting at the end of the game, Coach Danzy, um, they were up, no timeouts or whatever for Prairie View. About 40-some seconds left, and I was like, oh, they just take a knee and get out of there. <laughs> they ran the ball, got in the end zone, put that final touchdown on the mark. I was like, ooh, interesting. And yeah. message. Go and ahead, like, Mike. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, you would have to throw that in there. A little shots fired there. You didn't need that last touchdown. Valley <laughs> <laughs> so, say put some respect on their name. That's what that was. That was, that was a, that touchdown. Is that, that what it was? That was the Mike Washington <laughs> touchdown. That's what that I, was. I, I, <laughs> think that, was, that was from Mike Washington. They don't know who I am. <laughs> Whoever came up with Valley, that was for that person. No, I, I, not much to say. Uh, you know, you went through the first half, Prairie View controlled the ball. They, you know, they led in all categories, and then you get to the second half. Mississippi Valley scored 17 unanswered points in the third quarter, and then another 10 in the fourth quarter. Prairie View just left their defense on the field too long. You know, you 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 you're asking a lot of that defense. Uh, uh, they were two for 10 on on efficiency and third downs. They couldn't convert a cup of coffee. So you know, you look at those two statistics plus. You know, the four turnovers, let's not forget those. Mm. And that's just, that's just a recipe for non-success. I don't know if it was a cold weather. I don't know if they had some bad food in Benna, but their efficiency was just not good all day yesterday, especially the second half. <laughs> he talked about the food in Itabena. They have good fish over there. Eddie Drew, I'm going to throw a little curveball there. I want you to stay in the state of Texas, even though, by the way, of Huntsville, Alabama. I want you to talk about this last matchup. It's number eight. Texas Southern University goes to Huntsville to face Alabama AM. Number eight, Texas Southern Tigers fall to five and six. Have a chance at a winning season. Ultimately, after Texas Southern loss, you even had the announcers uh, uh, teasing on there, talking about, man, once they found out the score of Prairie View, everything is going in the wrong direction. It's like somebody must have whipped <laughs> to the Tigers. And they go back to what we thought they were previously. Uh, five and six, four and four on the season, losing to Alabama and Bulldogs that improved to three and eight, three and five. Come back, win 21 points down in the fourth quarter. They ultimately get a touchdown with uh, less than a minute left in the game on a fourth and two uh, to try to get probably in the field goal wings. And then they ultimately get bust through and get the touchdown. It's uh, BJ and his moms, in terms of his greater family, they lose their mind talking about the sky is blue. 24 to 20. Uh, the final there, 80 Drew. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Best thing that I can say about this matchup is wow. I mean, I sat there uh, 
looked at the game early, then came back after the game, and I was like, what the uh, F-bomb just happened in, in, the, in that doggone game that the fact that, that Alabama A&M was able to come back in that particular game. But I've got a question for the two football players here on this panel. We, we, guys, we, we are right up against is, the break. Ask the yeah. question, we'll have them answer it on the way back. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to ask the question. When you're on the field playing, guys, are you, do you really have the opportunity to scoreboard watch in this situation? Or are you really aware of what's going on in another stadium? Because like Doc said, when that score was announced, it seemed like the total momentum of the game changed from the Alabama A&M players. And they was like, all right, we got a chance to really uh, to really upset some things and really cause some chaos here. Just curious. I mean, how, how are you guys when you guys are out there on the football field where you should be concentrating on the opponent in front of you? Bring that back or, to the other side of the break. Or as a coach, because both of them are coaches too. So I want to hold both sides. Excellent question, A.D. Drew. Stickers, we'll be right back after the second break. We'll come back on the other side get into our major division matches, but we'll open it up with our two football gurus giving some insight in terms of does that really happen? Stickers will be right back after this second break. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot of love, and who the ball, who the ball. 
So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop, as we have our guests, football gurus, guest professors, Division II framework. Let's get into with B.J. Jones, A.D. Drew, Joshua Sims. Had a great question by A.D. Drew in terms of how do you think in terms of games where you come in where you want and need to win, but there are other games that could come into play in terms of your outcome. In a game like that, starting with you, B.J. Jones, either from a player's perspective and even a coach's, if you can break that down, separate the two, what are your thoughts in the past of what you experienced in terms of A.D. Drew's question? Well, as a player, uh, the one time I was in a situation like that, I was totally oblivious until after the game mm -hmm. uh, of, of what happened. Uh, but as a player now, that's becoming far and far uh, less common. I can go back to 2018. Uh, Jackson State, I was visiting Alabama State. Um, some things had happened, and they showed one of the scores up on the, the, the ticker at Alabama State, uh, which means if Jackson State won that game against Alabama State, then the Soul Bowl was going to be for the East. Um, and, and I saw that, that, you know, that happened during the game, and I had it happen one time as a coach. Uh, we were coaching uh, to what well, we thought to finish first place in the region, uh, one of the guys come to the sidelines like, hey, uh, Madison County just lost, uh, which means our game now, we win it. We win the region, which changes the outlook on the playoffs. Uh, we didn't tell the kids, no. Didn't, we didn't tell the kids. We kind of kept it to ourselves. We told them after the fact that we had won the region. Uh, but, you know, I'm one of those ones, like, we, we, we got a goal to just keep, you know, kind of keep our, 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 our business on our business. Love it. Let me go to you, Joshua Sims. What is your perspective? Yeah, it's it, it's uh it's two different perspectives uh from a from a playing perspective and then from a coaching perspective. From a playing perspective, um you know it'll depend on the situation. In this situation in particular, you're talking about two rivals in Prairie View and Texas Southern. So the only thing that I could liken to that is us and, and maybe the school down the highway um, being in a situation you know uh, where. You know, maybe we have an opportunity. We had an opportunity to win the MEAC if the school down the highway lost. But in most situations like that, for me as a player, we always played the school down the highway the last game of the season. So you know, we were always kind of in control of that situation. If we beat them, we get what Howard is getting now—a co-share or whatever. You know, or you get a chance to win the conference outright. Um, but as a coach, <clears throat> it's completely different. As a player, I could just focus. I, I can be just kind of central minded, like, and just focus on the game, control what I can control. As a coach, it's different. You know, I had a situation like that happen my last year as an offensive coordinator where we had gone uh, undefeated in conference and we were playing against, we had another team in conference that was undefeated. And, uh, you know, we, it was so many teams in the conference that that year we didn't get the chance to play each other. Um, so when you start talking about seeding for high school playoffs and things of that sort, you know, being able to get the opportunity to have home field advantage, I was, man. I was, I was constantly asking for updates. What's going on over there? You know, it was going to be the difference between us getting a home game in the first round of the playoffs or, or them getting a home game in the first round of the playoffs. And as a coordinator, I was kind of like, yo, you know, I'm going to call the game as I need to. But the moment I hear that they lost, I was. I was looking for they were losing or they were down big. I'm looking to turn up the notch. I ain't even going to lie. I'm, you know, we're going to go in our bag to kind of open up this lead. So, 
as a, as a coach, it's a little different uh, than it was as a player. As a player, I just control what I can control. As a coach, I'm like, all right, well, I got an opportunity to kind of pile it on here to make some style points. That's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm, I'm going to put some flares in the air, put some fireworks into this game and see what I can do to make it a little different situation. So, Thank you for that uh, insight and expert opinion in terms of living the situation and not just general thoughts. Let me go to Charles Bishop, give his his thoughts living in the situation as the pregame sideline crew riding down on the bus into uh, Loma, Mississippi after a great dinner that night and getting up, getting your mind right, quiet rides on those bus with the team being focused. Number one, Jackson State is seeking to stay undefeated and give an L to their rival that's on the Western and put a final dagger, not just in terms of the season, but also in terms of the division race. Man, they get it done like that. This is Jackson State against Alabama State, number nine. Top ten matchup, uh, people didn't quite realize. Uh, you got backup quarterback in there. Uh, you coming off the heels of Shador um, getting concussed in the previous game. So you didn't know what was going to go on. Jackson State, Tigers, 11-0, 8-0 defeats. Number nine, Alcorn State Braves, five and six, four and four. Final score was 24 to 13. In some ways, that 14 points from that number one recruit, Travis Hunter, that people are talking just a little bit about, he ended up being top five plays of the day. He had a pick six uh, that he made a couple of great moves to get back into the end zone, and then that catch in the end zone. The yeah. toe tap, where he instantly knew that he had the toe. When you first watch it on the screen, as I was telling you last night, He's like, oh, yeah, no, he didn't, he didn't get in. Great catch. you like, but he didn't get in bounds. Then when you look at the replay, you're looking for the front foot because that's the one you kind of question. Then all of a sudden, you look back and you see, oh, my God, he drags the back foot. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's a touchdown. They show it again, and then you clear. Oh, yeah, they're going to overturn it. It's a touchdown. And you just amazed. Talk about the matchup, but if you could sneak a little bit about Travis Hunter because I'm sure at practice – He's even uh, he does that regularly, uh, as what I heard, which is just amazing when you talk about athlete he happens to be. And yeah, just I as mean, good as a person. I mean, when you take a look at him, um, the, the the myth is real. I mean, he he is he is who they say he is. I mean, he is uh, truly a, a dynamic athlete. I mean, it's the definition of, of what I think a five star looks like. Uh, when you take a look at what he's able to do on the uh, defensive side of the ball. Um, gave up a couple catches yesterday, but it's the totality of the game uh, where you start kind of looking at what he does to that side of the field. And then if you keep trying him, he's going to get you. You know, there there's no doubt about that. If you keep trying him, he's going to get you. He's that type of cover corner. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, the toe tap, toe tap was unreal uh, for him to get that back leg in. I call it dead leg. When he's able to get that, you know, in – inside the pylon, if you will, with the defender draped all over him to, number one, have the concentration to make the catch, and then, two, to be able to get one foot down. That was amazing. But uh, when you take a look at yesterday, it was just a a tremendous atmosphere. All corner jacks. It lived up to the robbery. Uh, I mean, it was was tremendous getting in there and to see all the fans waving pom-poms, both from all corner and jack stay on the way in. Uh, to hear the heckling going to the locker room. I mean, it just lived up to everything. And it was a true uh, grudge match. Uh, hats off to Alcorn. They played their tails off. You know, they did what they could do from an offensive standpoint. But this Jackson State defense, I've watched a lot of Jackson State football over the years. I, this is one of the best, if not the best, that I have watched 
uh, literally this is the 10th opponent this season that they've kept under 14 points. And they have this sort of belief on that side of the ball. When the offense is struggling, somebody over there just has to make a play to get some points. And they take that to heart. And uh, yesterday you saw uh, it started with the sack, uh, the strip sack, if you will, that led to Jackson State's first points. And you could just see, you know, uh, the rest of the game. That it was like somebody go out there and go make a play. And that's what it was. I mean, this is a tremendous defense that I'm watching. And to be kind of part of this historic Jackson State run, first time in the history of Jackson State football, they've ever gone undefeated in regular season. It's amazing to watch. Yeah, it truly is. Uh, just from a fan outside, um, although, you know, other teams you root for, when you just see excellence, you'd be like, all right, other yeah. than B.J. Jones, just because of the rival, you know, there's something different about that. But everybody <laughs> else is going to be like, wow. With that, let's go to uh, Joshua, Joshua Sims Sr. and talk about this. North Carolina Central team, number three in the nation after this win. I wouldn't be surprised if they get a bump up from a lot of folks that didn't already have them at number two. They go on the road, don't have to play for anything, even had some recommendations maybe to sit the quarterback. Nah, Coach Oliver, if you know anything about him, I knew he wasn't going to be able to do it. Uh, he goes out there and, man, that fourth down play will go down in history for Central as well as it should be in is a quintessential play mm -hmm. uh, for this North Carolina Central team, as well as the quarterback uh, in terms of what he got done. They improved in 9-2, defeat Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles on the road. They fall to 4-7, 2-4, and, and they went on the field goal 20-22-20. Uh, Joshua Sims, what were your thoughts in terms of this when you look at the quarterback, Rashard, in terms of what he got done? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you can't. I mean, it takes mm -hmm. nothing away from the legend that is starting to build around Davis Richard. Um, what, what The play that Doc is talking about is, uh, well, for the most part in this game, we controlled the game. Um, this is a, a third out of conference opponent, fourth out of conference opponent this season, a third out of conference victory this season. Um, but you talk about most of the game, North Carolina Central kind of controlling the trenches. You're you're in hostile territory. You're at Tennessee State. You're in Tennessee. It's cold. There was a little bit of mist in the air. It just was not a very beautiful kind of sight and scene. Um, but you talk about finding a way to win the game. You know, you talk about being a very kind of, you know, in Tennessee Tech, though the record doesn't show it, they, they were coming in on a three-game winning streak. Two of, the, two of their losses that they lost in that game was uh, during the season was in a similar fashion, coming down to the last play, last drive of the game, last minute of the game. Two of those games they didn't end up winning. Three of those games, they end up, they did end up winning. And they were coming into this game on a three-game winning streak. But you talk about our ability, to, you talk about North Carolina Central's ability to adjust and make, you know, mid-game adjustments and sometimes situational adjustments. Um, and the play that Dr. Ville is talking about is with a little bit over a minute left in the game, fourth down and eight in our own territory, Davis Richard shields off, takes off and kind of bounces off of the sack, would be sack, steps up in the pocket, delivers the check down ball to Mookie Colliers. And Mookie Carriers goes forward to the 38-yard line to get us the first down. We then take that. It goes under review. We end up taking that all the way down to the 30-yard line, kicking a field goal to win the game. And uh, shout-out to uh, to Adrian Olivo, man. Uh, you know, he got a lot of flack when we lost that South Carolina State game because he had missed two field goals in that game. We end up losing by two to South Carolina State. But talk about the string that this kid has gone <clears throat> on since that game, his composure, his ability to make kicks. He has not missed a field goal. Since the South Carolina State game, this kid has been lights out. He's played phenomenally. So I just wanted to take a quick moment to shout out Adrian Olivo. But 
And Davius Richard, man, goes without saying. He now gets a chance to get some rest and, and, and get that body back 100%. And uh, now we get to get, get a chance to go down. We know we're going to be in Atlanta. Just only a matter of time we find out who else is going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. With that being said, um, you, you, you didn't do justice to that fourth down. Yeah. When I saw the play, I'm watching, I was like, oh, shit, he's short. Oh, excuse me, Lane. We all. <laughs> I say he's, but that's exactly my emotion. I was like, he's short. And then I think I got some of that bias, confirmation bias by the uh, announcers, obviously, yeah. that were pro e Golden Eagles. So it's like, yeah, he's short. He way short. Then they showed a replay, and I was like, maybe not. That's <laughs> close. Uh, and uh, Rich, as, as he does, he comes up to the line, spikes it. And I was like, oh, great play. Uh, but then they blow it. Coach, the Golden Eagles, Tennessee Tech, as he's supposed to, is going berserk. He's like, no, nah, you sure you got to look at it, something like that. So they go look at it. And I look at it first time. I was like, oh, dang, he's short. They're going to overturn it. They look at it again. I was like, oh, he good. He, he right this close. They come back, and they confirm it demonstrably, which I was like, wow, I, I didn't know about that. So he got it done, and kudos to that play, because obviously it led to the winning drive. You're talking about great emotion in that. Let me go to you, Drew, uh, as FAMU, number three uh, in the rankings. Excuse me, number two, actually, in the rankings. Uh, go against their rival, Bethune-Cookman. We know this one of those rival games. Number two, FAMU, 9-2-7-1, as they improve to it. Uh, get a chance to make their last statement before the playoffs, as we'll see what those updates, and I'm sure you'll give them tonight on the show, 2-9, 2-7. against Bethune-Cookman. What are your thoughts in this matchup? Um, will they get a shot in the playoffs? I've seen a couple of out there. One of them had them as the first five out. Um, so I was like, mm, it'll be interesting mm. to see what it looks like. What are your thoughts? Well, when you look at this game on paper, you wonder how the hell did Fab you win this game by three touchdowns uh, on paper? Because most statistics, either they're even or they favor Bethune Cookman. You know, take take number plays ran, but they ran sixty seven plays to Fabius forty six plays. But as you, as you take a deeper dive into it, this was big play Fabius. That's why they didn't run as many plays because they were able to get more big plays that resulted in those those points. Also, for the third consecutive for the third consecutive game, Fabius special teams made a momentum changing play in the game. They they had the uh the fake the fake field goal the fake punt against Southern. They had the defensive touchdown at the end of the Alabama State game. And then they had the fake punt in the third quarter of this game. All three of those uh, plays on special teams totally changed the momentum of those games. And it and it happened once again for Florida A and M University. Hopefully, they've done enough to impress the committee. It's going to be tough. The, the positive is all the teams that fed you needed to lose pretty much lost on yesterday. Now, the the thing that's going to hurt you is the strength of schedule. So, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I behold them hot. I love it. Great point. The last one, I'll come back on the other side and we'll ask some follow-up questions as we get ready to take our last break. I did want, um, Big Mike, if you would, jump in here and tell us a little bit about the tough loss for number four, North Carolina A&T Aggies, 74-41. They lose uh, what was a de facto championship, Garner Webb Bulldogs, that improved to um, 
six and five on the season, five and zero. The final score was thirty eight to seventeen. A&T jumps out there, much like you saw with Prairie View. Yeah, the first score, and I'm not sure it was slow, kind of wind right into the half. It falls apart. Second half, uh, it really was over. Um, tough loss for the Aggies going in that game with a lot of emotion. You even got the back and forth about the band not coming, and they're still going to kind of fight over that a little bit. But you could tell the type of emotions of uh, wanting to get that game and those that were all in versus those that are just kind of casual fans. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup before they go into the Colonial, which is a whole different uh, – Which is a whole different beast. But, yeah, I, I kept dipping in and out of this game, and – you know, the Aggies jumped out, as you mentioned, to Doc, it was like 7-3. And you thought, hold up a second. You know, the first quarter, it looked like you could favor favor one for the Aggies. You got the number one and two uh, teams, in the, at least in the Big South. And here's the tale of the tape. North Carolina allows 108 yards per game rushing. Gardner-Webb allows 125 on average. They were one and two in the Big South. Yesterday, they held the Aggies to only 87 yards. Likewise, the Aggie defense could not stop Gardner-Webb. I think they ended up with 240, 250 yards rushing. Keep in mind also that Gardner-Webb held the ball, you know, for two-thirds of a quarter more than Aggie using that rushing attack. Also on the defensive side, they got aggressive. I think they had three or four sacks for 30 yards. So uh, they got aggressive. And I think it was two and 60-yard run in the second quarter. It really gave the Aggies, you could see the lift, the momentum. But every time after that, I turned in back and forth. I was going back to that game. It's another. You're like, dang, Gardner-Webb still has the ball? Dang, Gardner-Webb still has the ball? So uh, the, the the cherry on the cake was the, the three or four turnovers as well. So, you know, the, the inefficiency to rush, the, the the four turnovers, and it just was not a good outing for the Aggies. One thing I will say with Tootin, he did set the record. He uh, just eclipsed it. Uh, it was coming down close, and people were kind of concerned where they could get it, so he uh, did that. Uh, Charles, you wanted a quick statement in there? Yeah, I failed to mention Shadur Sanders. He set the single-season Jackson State uh, record for passing touchdowns uh, yesterday. And Sibion Wilkes, he also went over 1,000 yards yesterday as well. So two milestones uh, for uh, Shador and as well as Sibion Wilkerson yesterday. Also, Zach Leslie. As well, uh, he had 104 yards receiving on six catches. It was his 10th straight career 100-yard receiving game, breaking Elijah Bell's record. Oh, wow, mm. big one. I didn't catch that one. Good one. Uh, Shadour's, was that the uh, Travis Hunter kick? That, uh, yes, it was. It was wow, Travis Hunter way to do yeah. it. Jones, mm-hmm. sneak in here real quick. Uh, final thoughts in terms of the A&T matchup. Oh, man, A&T went to bed. Um, A&T had an opportunity. Uh, to not only win the Big South and kind of shut some people up, uh, but but also get into the playoffs. And now you lose the Big South, which everyone will tell you that this was not a great Big South by any you know any stretch of the imagination. Now you have to go to the, uh, the CAA, which is one of the top three leagues. We start talking about uh, FCS. A lot of people are really questioning this decision to leave the MEAC and go to a failing conference. And now to go to the CAA. A lot of people in, in blue and gold, they're questioning this decision. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out in Greensboro over the next few years. Good stuff. We'll take this last break. We'll come back and talk about some of the key matchups. Not a lot of them, but we'll talk about those key matchups for next week, uh, which includes a Division II playoff with Benedict. So stick around for those that can. 
We'll be right back at this break. And then I have one final question that involves FAMU and A&T that I want a couple of people to listen to. So please stick with us after this last break. We'll be right back for a little extended time as we go over overtime, and we'll give you a, a Sunday mix of what took place on Saturday. Chaos is the word of the day. Chaos. So we'll be right back Chaos. after this last break. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir, yes, sir. and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Lil with Inside the HBC Sports Lab as we go into overtime to give you our final segment. Let's talk about some of these big games coming up. Uh, let me go to you, BJ Jones, in terms of the Bayou class. Can Southern get off the mat and get the double whammy, if you would, in terms of beating their rival, Brandon, and clinching a spot in the SWAT championship game, heading back to Jackson to see their other rival outside of the state? B.J. Jones, what do you say? Yeah. Oh, man. Been in this situation before. Uh, know what it feels like to go through the week. Um, knowing what you have to do in order to put yourself in the position uh, to play for a conference title. Uh, and one thing I will say this, man, we've been in this situation a lot with the Bayou Classic. Um, I think um, as of last year, of 20 Bayou Classics decided, you know, that, you know, the champion of, of the Western Division. So this is, mm. this is, uh, is kind of normal. Uh, <laughs> you want to jump out early, man, jump out early, make a statement. Um, this game already means a lot, man. It's, it's the Super Bowl. If you never went to the Bayou Classic, man, it's the granddaddy. Um, it's that big. And this game already means a lot. Um, there's already, you know, a little bad blood there. Usually there's not bad blood between us and Gremlin, but there's a little bit this year. Uh, man, this, I, I can't wait Good for point. it. That goes Orleans. back to a little bit about the recruiting part of the early season, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, man, can't wait to get to New Orleans and, and take it in and, and see the Jaguars take care of business. No. Charles, 
since these are rivals that you are used to seeing over the season, Jackson State, particularly Southern, let's not hide it from anybody. Uh, mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about this matchup? And then, in a lot of ways, getting a chance uh, to see Southern again back yeah, in all, Jackson. Yeah, all my friends at the Jackson City and Convention Bureau, they are so excited, uh, and they'll be rooting hard for Southern uh, next week. <laughs> they will be rooting real hard for Jack, for, for the Southern Jags to come back into Jackson. But uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a very interesting game uh, when you take a look at Grandma. Uh, they've had some uh, some up weeks, you know, and then they had that down week against Texas Southern where you kind of wondered what happened. So I think it's going to be a, a really fair fight with Southern, and we'll see what happens. And, you know, I'm I'm rooting for a good game. Good deal, good deal. <laughs> I'm going to go to you, Mike. Uh, we're going to talk about the Turkey Day Classic, although both of us have some great members uh, of sneaking out of the state of Texas and rolling over to New Orleans and seeing what they do in the Bayou Classic. Shout out to B.J. Jones uh, in regards to that. We had our funds, but that's going to remain off the radar because this is <laughs> live. So, Mike, I don't want to give away any of those uh, stories. That's Man. the one we do with the cigar in the mouth when there ain't no light. Uh, with that being said, Alabama <laughs> State, Arkansas, Pine Bluff. Um, Pine Bluff obviously had a change in the coaching, uh, closing out the season. Is this going to be any different with Alabama State get a chance to make a statement against uh, the Golden Lions on Thanksgiving Day at two o'clock. That game will be on ESPN Plus. Obviously, the Bayou Classic is back on NBC. I want to make sure I add that too. But what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I think if you look at both both points and how they ended the season, you know they, you know, you at least had a few glimmers at the beginning of the season with Pine Bluff, and it just kind of went downhill the rest of the year, and then change coaches, changing staff. And then you have Alabama State finishing, you know, fairly strong at the end of the year. I see Alabama State rolling. The, you know, the the gaming in itself would be a great environment, but I see Alabama State rolling. Good stuff. Let me go to you, A.D. Drew. Much like Charles Bishop seeing the rival over there with uh, Southern, Grambling to some degree, uh, you uh, also obviously uh, are part of the rivalry and used to playing this game in terms of Tuskegee, the Golden uh Tigers there playing in that matchup. But now it's the Golden Lions of Pine Bluff. Talk a little bit about your thoughts on this matchup. Alabama State get a chance to make a statement, get it done on Turkey Day. Well, see, there's a Turkey Day Classic, and then there's a game played in Montgomery <laughs> on Thanksgiving when Tuskegee doesn't play in the Turkey Day Classic. Now, exactly. <laughs> just want everybody to be uh, fully aware of that. Now, for the Alabama State fans, they are excited about this game considering it's a return back to the Alabama State team that they are used to seeing. But no, no it is it is not going to be on that level of terms without Tuskegee being there, without the friendly rival between those two games. But I do expect a good contingent of Alabama State people to be there because they are excited about their new team up under E-Rob. Now, I don't expect anybody from Arkansas to be there at their game, but there will be a lot of casual fans that will be coming to that game from from the Tuskegee area, obviously Montgomery, Bama State fans coming down uh, from, from Atlanta to that game. Yes, I expect Bama State to go ahead and roll in this particular game, roll big if you're Pine Bluff. It, it, it's just not natural playing on that particular day uh, there in, in Montgomery. You, you'd much rather be at home, especially when your season has been a total wash. 
that bat yeah. that battle between I eighty five opponents. It just it brings more to that day. That's why I didn't talk about the classic. You just talk about the game, but that I eighty five, which my wife and I have attended many times, just brings more electricity to that day. This is just not the same outside the game. No, no. Yeah, great points really made by both. Let me go to you, Josh Sims, Senior, as we talk about Division Two playoffs. Second round, round two. Benedict was off last week as they watched the carnage take place, uh, and they get Wingate. Wingate, as we said earlier, defeated Virginia Union Panthers out of the CIAA, uh, thirty-two to seven. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup with Benedict? Well, I will say this, man. We had, we all had big, lofty dreams going into this week, man. We wanted to see that Virginia Union Benedict matchup, and um. Unfortunately, we did not get that. You know, it was going to feel like a, a great day, almost like an early Christmas present, man. It was going to be, you know what I mean, just to see that game. But nonetheless, as it pertains to this game, you know, we're, we're going to see, man, if a week off creates some lag for that Benedict uh, program, for that Benedict football team. I mean, you know, Chinnis Berry is right now, I've said this multiple times on this show, I've said it multiple times on HBCU Nightly, that, you know, the conversations, one, they've already started. And if they haven't already started, I'm pretty sure they're going to get started. That Chennis Berry is, uh, should be vying to be the next head coach at South Carolina State. But the reality is, oh, the best way for him to be able to make that a reality is to show that he can win in the playoffs in this situation against a Wingate team that showed up on defense against Virginia Union. I will, I will not kind of diminish that point because I was the person on here Thursday that said I didn't think Wingate had a chance. And, Doc, you remember I said it right here on the show. I said I didn't think Wingate had a chance because I thought Jada Byers was going to run all over. Not so fast, my friend. They found a way to stop Jada Byers. They forced Virginia Union to be a team that they usually were not. So will Benedict be consistent, you know, coming out of a, a break? You know, can they be able to come back and be the Benedict that we've seen all season? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be at home in Columbia, South Carolina, in that beautiful facility that they have there. Uh, will they be able to take advantage of some home cooking and see what happens in that game? Can I get a quick Eddie one? Drew, you got a quick, quick thought? Yeah. Uh, talk about Coach Chittisberry. Let's go back to his Southern roots. He's used to being in this situation. Having, having this by doing this particular time of the season was Southern always having to play that Saturday after Thanksgiving. So if there's one person who knows how to prepare his team for this two-week layoff that they have is Coach Berry because he's played in that Bayou class so many times he knows how to deal with the Thanksgiving and kids having to be on campus away from their family during the holidays and things like that. Wingate, yes, they have the playoff experience, but but do they have the experience of having to really deal with that particular element? I give advantage to Coach Barry when it comes to that particular element. Let me go to you, Charles, that same thing. I want to ask you about that. Um, with uh, your Jackson State uh, program having a week off, whether it's Prairie View or Southern, uh, what are your thoughts, especially after going through it last year? Um, do you like the idea of having this week off uh, before the SWAT championship game to prepare for whether it's Southern or Prairie View? I think Jackson State needs this uh, week off. I think it's going to help them out tremendously uh, to kind of uh, uh, ease up some 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 bumps and bruises that they've had going down the stretch. They're getting everybody's you know haymakers going down the stretch here with regards to uh, whether it's Texas Southern Alcorn or whomever. But the last three or four weeks, you, you can tell it's been a grind, and that they can really use this time off. So I think it's it's beneficial this year. Good point. Last question I have for whoever wants to answer, we can get a couple of folks in. 
obviously would like to see, um, fam, you get in the playoffs. Wanted to, in a lot of ways, see A&T get it done on the field and win so they can get in the playoffs. Um, there's been some talk out there, including Coach Prime. Obviously, he talked about the, the bowls, and it was a mix between having multiple teams having bowls or playing for the big one. I don't want to get into that part of it. Obviously, the part that I'm looking at is could I sell you on a second bowl game, FAMU featuring A&T? Would you have some interest in that? When would you play it uh, in terms of that matchup? Who wants to jump on there and give some thoughts of that? For or again? Who did you say the opponent would be, Doc? FAMU and A&T. Ooh. Me no have no conversation about the school down the highway. <laughs> I just, I, I, I'll i bite on that doc <laughs> go ahead go ahead Drew Joshua don't want to play fair these kids don't like playing the same sandbox uh -huh. we, don't even, we don't even want to be on the same playground man <laughs> <laughs> on the same street <laughs> go ahead I, uh, obviously, in this situation with Fayetteview, it looks like they're clearly the second-best team in the SWAC, once again, having lost that early season game to Jackson State. Yeah, I think it would be good, and it, it may lead – another conversation may need to be do HBCUs create their own postseason uh, bowl system or postseason set of games – away from the FCS playoffs because it is so tough for us to be able to get in. And it gets an opportunity. This year, you, you say FabU and A&T, but in other years, uh, some of those rivals that are not able to be played because of the new scheduling and conference requirements, maybe a chance to reduce some of those rivals in a in a neutral city. Obviously, the, first, the question would have to be, where would this game be played and when would it be played? You know, you have that extra week, December 10th, between the SWAC championship game and the Celebration Bowl, a standalone game on December 10th in a city that is uh, full of HBCU alums like a Dallas or a Houston uh, may be a good idea. Do we have that fan engagement that could, that could sustain that? Yeah. Or do you need it? Yeah, if it, if it's done for television purposes, I don't right. know if you necessarily need right. it. Uh, fan engagement, I don't know. That's that's why I'm saying I'm putting it out there. That would be the question. The biggest fans, obviously, would be FAMU, uh, A&T. Would they come in for that matchup to, to a Dallas, to a Houston, for that example? And then, obviously, you have the general fans in Dallas. I know fans in Dallas would be there because they don't get to see HBCU foot much. Right. So I know they would be engaged just because they get engaged anytime there's HBCU events yeah. or yeah. sporting events. They jump yeah. off uh, in terms of Dallas. They get engaged. Houston, yeah. uh, probably where your question is coming at, they're a little more fickle in terms of that. So it would be interesting in terms of Houston market, a little different. Yeah. You have to get away from that Atlanta market, and it needs to be in a dome. Those, yeah. are the, those are the two things that I would say would have to happen. I agree with that. Mike? Yeah, I let's uh, attack it kind of from a business proposal. Um, you look at, you know, what kind of valuation does it bring? Uh, you know, let's think about it. If it's not FAMU in North Carolina, what year two? What if it's Bethune and somebody else? You know, where would it be? Would that location still have that same draw in year two, year three? Would it draw uh, prospective business? Would you do it for TV 
or the culture, and that goes back to CVs, uh, CVs, uh, you know, do we have the infrastructure culture to support that longer term? That would be my question. If we did it for TV, I think we could just stay away from Atlanta, uh, the Atlanta market as well. So I think Houston could be a viable spot. I think Dallas, to be honest, we've been to uh, classics in Dallas. That that market starves for an HBCU environment, a game. So they would have, they would have a good showing. We go to BJ what Jones. What other market would be Miami? Uh, the Miami, the South Florida market, because people may love the vacation down in that area. That would be another market to throw out there. Miami is always tough market. I <laughs> love to go there. In terms of HBCU football, I don't know if we've got now that window with the demographics changing so much. <laughs> but great point. BJ Jones, any thought on that? And then I go to Joshua Sims. My whole thing would be, you know, hey, we, we, we're just not getting to the point now where we, we're getting the consistent numbers at that celebration bowl. Um, and when you yeah. break out another one, you know how we are when it's close to the holidays uh, to add another one. I've always said, man, I would love to see us have a plus four. When we play the first game, it's probably on someone's campus. Um, that helps eliminate, you know, uh, where we're going to go and, and all this to give someone an extra uh, uh, revenue game. Uh, and then you, out of that plus four, you, you get the, the Celebration Bowl, uh, you know, championship. You know, that's the way that I would go. But as far as another bowl game, man, we're taking this year as an anomaly. We usually don't get this. Uh, yep. We usually get this. And, and you don't want to make a, a a permanent solution for a temporary situation. Great points. Great points. Uh, you, Joshua Sims, final thought? Yeah, man, I, I, you know, just to kind of ditto that, that's literally the direction I was going in, man, as far as, you know, the idea that there should be a four kind of team. You know, when you got a week like this uh, where, you know, the majority of, of our programs won't be playing this week, you know, uh, you know, next week, after this week, after the Bayou Classic, you got the SWAC championship game. But the reality is you got a little bit of time in between there where we could have we could set a, a kind of a framework for, you know, a semifinal game that is kind of emulated. We have our own thing, man. And it's time now. It's finally time that we we kind of, you know, take advantage of the fact that we have our own thing, this thing of ours, um, as other communities might say. But the reality is, man, to be able to take advantage of those and have two semifinal games on, on prospective campuses and then have those four teams, that would eliminate all of this conversation about co-champs and all of those stuff, too. So I just figured I want to sprinkle that in there. So just for all the high people watching, if y'all had to play us in a semifinal and y'all had to come to Durham, or we had to go to D.C., we would beat the brakes off y'all and still get to the celebration hey, bowl. I'll leave the personal motives up in there. Leave the personal stuff out. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. It. This is great. Uh, good dialogue. We're going to come to a close. B.J. Jones put it out there. A.D. Drew put it out there, great stuff in terms of doing your own thing, plus four on campuses. So essentially this year that would be uh, Jackson State, number one seed, uh, North Carolina Central, certainly number two seed. Then you probably get in there, Bambi, three seed, A&T, four seed. You might kind of ask about that fourth seed. Uh, depending on Southern and how they played by you class and getting the celebration Ooh, going, how they yeah. play. You might have some arguing about who's going to be that fourth seed. So it could get interesting just Ooh. to spin it forward a little bit and give y'all something to talk about this week. Yeah. Let me know your thoughts uh, out there with the lab listeners and those that watch the show on demand on uh, YouTube. Appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and <laughs> colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Fadil, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from Inside the Lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. <laughs> 
We hope you enjoyed the show as we also had B.J. Jones, Joshua Sim Sr., and A.D. Drew, obviously B.J. BJ, BJ Jones. I was going to throw an extra J in there. I'm probably still mad <laughs> at all them prayers you sent out yesterday, B.J. And that is B.J. <laughs> on Tuesday with Twitter with HBCU Football Weekly, Top 5 Tuesday. It'll be interesting to see what that Top 5 looks like this week. And then Joshua Sim Sr. with HBCU Nightly again. There might be a partnership this week. Uh, because of the Thanksgiving holidays, so stick around. Make sure you're following them on Twitter. Then tonight, we'll give you an update in terms of what's going on in the HBCU world as you have the blast with the Brian and AD Sports Wrap show, three uh, pregame show, the pregame show with Charles Bishop and Neely as they continue to get information. They're going to have one eye down there to buy you class and teasing up some folks as they get ready to kind of watch things as they prepare for that home game as he said jackson state visiting real excited and then we got chuck uh mike uh with prayer of you folks they're going to be watching the bayou classics as well this time as a poke instead of full excitement <laughs> looking back door into the championship and uh rush back about uh, trying to reschedule them appointments and that they counts <laughs> he's bringing, bringing the drink out well, again, we want to thank you for listening to Doctors Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. And obviously, you know what we do on Sunday at 9 o'clock during the football season. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Lecture. Drew? Yes, miss. Well, holler.